0: Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. I say it every Wednesday. It's so cool to see all those kids tearing out of here going over to Children's Church. Amen? Yeah neat. We love our kids around here. How many believe that? Yes. We really do. If you need notes, the ushers, if you want hard copy notes, the ushers in the aisle. So raise your hands nice and high. If you don't have the hard copy notes, don't forget, Pastor Cody did mention the electronic notes are available. You'll need our church app, the T-O-L-C app, for those notes. They're not on our website yet, but they uh, they will be. We're working on that as well. But if you want the app to download for notes and advertisements and events and giving and that app's a powerful tool to use you want you want that app for sure if your mobile device can can uh utilize that um, go to the website there's a link for the app to download again if you need the in- notes raise your hand nice and high because i want to get started you're going to want the notes we uh we encourage you to take notes maybe you've never done it before we encourage you to grab the hard copy or electronic fill in the blanks They. Filling in the blanks and having notes keeps you alert, keeps you attentive. It also causes you to learn other than just hearing. I say this quite often because we constantly have new folks in our church and not every church provides notes. We do, especially now that uh, Sunday morning the uh, Pastor Don's message is again electronically available, which is really cool. How many believe that's cool, right? That's just, man, you can, let me encourage you Really start utilizing that tool of hard copy or electronic, whatever it may be. Um, Cause you, you know, you wanna learn to keep and, and extract what God's speaking to you. I say this every time when I push about taking notes and keeping notes. There's no way that we can, should leave it or can leave it to our mind to remember everything. How many know our minds are Really able to now? They say without the fall of man it would be, but how many know that ain't true now? How many know sometimes you'll walk into a room and forget why you walked into a room? Anybody with me? (laughs) Anybody over fifty? When I admit to that, anybody? (laughs) So you don't want to leave by chance a specific word from God, and when I mean a specific word, this whole message isn't going to pertain to you. There's going to be something said through my mouth that the Holy Spirit will spark or strike in your heart that's for you and for you only. That's the uniqueness of the Holy Spirit and the preciousness and the powerfulness and the importance of the Holy Spirit in all this. Could you imagine doing this church without the Holy Spirit? But there are churches, certain organizations that are trying to do this and they've kicked him out a long time ago. That's pretty, everybody say crazy. Or as my daughter would say, cray cray, say cray cray. She's 26 and yes, she says cray cray. Um, it is crazy, because uh, we, 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 we've got to have him. So avail yourself to the notes, you're gonna want that. Uh, I'm gonna be teaching tonight on finishing strong. You can see the title right there on your notes. And I'm actually calling an audible right now, publicly for the next pastors who are scheduled to teach. So some of them are already beginning to sweat, especially if you're scheduled next week. Sorry, Pastor Trish. Um, I'm calling an audible because I believe this is what the Lord laid on my heart was that I'm asking the pastors who were scheduled uh, uh, after me to continue in part two, three, four, et cetera, in this teaching, Finishing Strong. And I'll obviously explain, pastors, before you start sweating, what we're teaching, while we're teaching it, because here's the burden of my heart, and I'm sure of every pastor on our staff, and I'm sure of many brothers and sisters here tonight, many believers, and this is a burden. How many have ever heard the stories of fellow Christians who once were members of the church and they were super active, and man, when the church doors flew open, they flew in, and they, they, they volunteered for this and they were active in that and they were involved in this and they were just, you know, they influenced people here and, they, and now they're just a story. How many understand what I mean by that? They're no longer in the church. They now have become a statistic, literally. And the stati- statistic is many Christians last anywhere from seven to 10 years in a local church. Now that's been a while since I read that that study and somebody alluded to me recently that that actually has fallen to only five to seven years think about that so if you look around and you use that statistic that percentage there's many here just on a wednesday night service that will become eventually a statistic you won't see them sitting in their favorite seat that they like to sit in how many are following me you won't see them in children's church. You won't see them in the youth ministry volunteering. You won't see them out in the parking lot. You won't see them as an usher or a greeter or a welcome center, uh, you know, wherever it may be. You won't see them on stage maybe helping to lead worship. You just, all of a sudden, they're gone. And that's a burden. It should be a burden, I believe, of any pastor. And I know of our senior pastor and the pastoral staff. It is a burden. And it should be a burden of yours. And it should be a caution not fear, not to put you in fear, but a caution for you. Because that statistic, that, that possibility of becoming that statistic is pulling on you. There's things that are out there meant to stumble and to trip and to cause you to become a statistic. To where you don't finish strong. Turn to your neighbors and say it's time to finish strong. Go ahead, tell them. And there are many reasons. And there are many, listen, listen, this is important. And there's many causes that keep us as believers from finishing strong. And scripture has a lot to say about finishing strong. So with that in mind, I want to bring one area that I believe is why many believers stumble, become a statistic, and don't finish strong in their journey, their pilgrimage, their walk with the Lord. And how many know scripture has a lot to say about really finishing strong? So let's look at this, Hebrews 12, one, two, three. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, that cloud of witnesses is the believers who have gone on to heaven before us. So I want you to envision this. Right now there is a cloud of believers, witnesses as scripture calls them, in heaven, leaning over the grandstands of heaven and cheering you on. How many believe that alone should want us to get up every day, pull up our boots, buckle up, and really purpose to finish what God's called us to finish? How many are with me? I don't want the witnesses of heaven who are specifically my loved ones who are seeing me in this life, living my pilgrimage, and watching me quit. There's too much at stake. As a matter of fact, those witnesses in heaven are seeing in absolute clarity what's at stake. You and I are only seeing in a fuzzy form of what heaven's truly like and what it's gonna be like and what really is at stake and that's eternity. They're, they're seeing it for what it really is. How many understand that's different? So no wonder they're cheering us on. How many are with me? Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside. And I want you to mark with your pen. It's a long statement, but I want, I want it to stick out. I want you to mark this. Let us lay aside, and I'll continue to read and, and, and show you where to end in the marking, in the underlying. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. That whole statement, underline that, please do. I'll read it again. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race, the destiny, the purpose, the plan of God for you that is ever before you. And I want you to circle this word, not underline. I want you to circle looking. So we have underlined, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and that's one with the endurance of the race that is set before us. And now we're circling looking, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. How many are glad that Jesus had some form of endurance? Matter of fact, a level of endurance that is so amazing, it's so uncommon that you and I aren't even close yet to tapping into that type of endurance. But I do say to you tonight, I submit to you tonight, that type of endurance is available. That Jesus type of endurance. And I'm glad that Jesus has already exemplified an endurance to the point that he went to the cross completely innocent sinless for you and I. Everybody say endurance. Everybody say wow. Because if that don't wow you, I don't know what will. So Jesus already exemplified that type of endurance. Now that endurance is in you. It's called the nature of God. It's called the ability of God. It's called the power of God. It's called the Holy Spirit that set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, has sat down at the right hand because he sat down because he's finished. See, God wants us to have our moment where we get to become one of those great cloud of witnesses and we get to sit down. How many know heaven's going to be amazing? Now, we're going to be serving and we're going to be doing all kinds of things, but it ain't going to be the kind of servant in work that this earth puts on us. How many are following me? You can till a, a garden in heaven and you ain't gonna break a sweat. You're gonna enjoy it. So, our moment of sitting down is not yet. So, I'm challenging you and I'm encouraging you because of a burden of the Lord. It's not time to sit down spiritually, it's not time to become, and please understand this term, not really forthright with our spirituality. That's a fancy way of saying not be lazy. But I didn't want to say lazy because somebody will say you're being too condescending. He endured across the spies and the shame and sat down at the and, and, and. Laziness can come to all of us, by the way. Please don't misunderstand me. And I'm going to show you, and we are going to teach you in the next few weeks what can invade our heart to keep us from being alert. And that literally, listen, listen, that literally can enter our hearts and cripple us spiritually. I watch believers wanting to strive and not be lazy, but couldn't because they were crippled spiritually. And what I'm gonna teach tonight is one of the most crippling, totally convinced, scripturally, that's why there's a lot of scripture, totally convinced it's one of the most crippling spiritual things that can take place in our life. It says, for consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary, mark the word weary, underline it, and discouraged. Weary and discouraged. There's enough things out there that can cause us to become wearied and discouraged. And pastors, we're gonna teach the body in the next few Wednesdays how to overcome those things that can be wearisome and discouraging, and we're gonna teach ourselves, pastors, in this congregation, how to finish strong. How many believe we, we wanna finish strong? How many are in this for the long haul? Your funeral will come soon enough. That'll come. But in the meantime, let's run the race, the destiny, the purpose that God has for us. First Corinthians nine, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way, run in such a way, run in such a way that you may obtain it. Well done, thy good and faithful servant, is what we're after to hear in our ears from the mouth of our Lord and Savior. Run right in such a way that you may obtain it in everyone who compares or competes. I'm sorry, I don't have my glasses on and it's even big font. God help me. And Who's laughing like that? That was my pastor <laughs> laughing. He was chuckling with me. <laughs> And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. No, they do it to obtain a perishable crown. But we, for an imperishable crown, thus I fight. I love this. And I'm going to use this as an example a little later on. My sport in high school, starting actually the eighth grade till the end of high school, was boxing. So I love this. He says, I fight not as one who beats the air. How many have ever seen uh, young boxers, especially in, in grades like fourth, fifth, fifth, sixth, grade they're just do you ever watch them get in a boxing ring they're just they're just swinging wild they're clamoring on each other. they're just beating each other wild it's so fun to watch younger kids but the older you get in that sport the more because the rounds go on and on because see those younger kids only do like two rounds maybe three depending on what the community has set up or what high school has set up or wherever they're at because you know they don't want to cause damage but the older you get in that sport the more rounds you have to do so the more strategic you have to be in that fight. Thus I fight. Now notice what I said. The more rounds are added. There, there's needed more endurance. You don't go into the ring and start swinging wildly and crazy and just use all your energy up and you're done after the second round and there's eight more you got to do. i here, follow me. We, everybody say strategic. And there's something that God's given us that he wants us to be strategic with and I'm going to say it here in just a moment, but I discipline my body, bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Paul's saying, I'm the example. Number one, here's what I believe is the number one thing for finishing strong, walking in love. It's the major key to finishing your destiny. Now let's show this, because some never heard this before. What does it mean to walk in love? There's two types of love. There's the agape, it's a word in the Greek used for God kind of love. And there's phileo love, which is basically a human type love that's conditional. Phileo love, human love, has conditions on it. I'll love you if you blah, 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 blah. God's love is I just love you because that's who I, God, am mess up all kinds of ways, every which way but loose, mess up from A to Z, I'll still love you. Because that's who I, God, am. How many believe that's pretty powerful? Now, God's saying to us, listen, he is love, his nature is love, it's unconditional. Now listen to the mandate, this isn't an option. It's a mandate that God's placed on you and I as followers Of Christ Ephesians 5 1 through 2 therefore be imitators be imitators imitate God as his what kids watch what daddy has done for you watch and look and learn and receive and understand and grow in what daddy has done for you and go do the same. And what daddy has done for you that you and I are to imitate is, when you came to him, he forgave you and forgot every stupid thing that you and I ever did. And, if I say and, it doesn't stop there, he'll continue to love you and forgive you and forget of every other continued stupid thing that you and I are going to do. And we're called to go and do the same. So that means when I'm stupid and I can be pretty stupid, why is Pastor Dave laughing that hard, Pastor Don? (laughs) Pastor Don went like this. (laughs) He caught himself. Pastor LeMoyne just went, (laughs) yep. But in my stupidity, no, my English use gets to love me. Let me prove this. Therefore, be imitators of God, as to dear children, walk in love as Christ has loved you. Wow. First John two, look at this. Now by this we know that we know him. By this we know that we know him. By this we know that we know him. If we keep his commandments. I'll explain this in a moment. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word truly, truly, whoever does the word of God and the commandment that is primary in scripture is called the royal law, the royal commandment. And it's to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your body and all your might, and love your neighbor as you love your self. That's what this is talking about. But if you say, I know God, and you can't love me in my stupidity. (laughs) And the truth is not in it, but whoever keeps his word truly, the love of God is perfected. Notice the word perfected. That perfected, that statement is an ongoing thing. By this we know that we are in him. 1 John 3:23. Remember, uh the apostle John was known as the apostle of love. So first, second and third John, if you want to understand about love and all, read those epistles. Amazing. He was considered one of Jesus's favorites and he was known as the apostle of love. So it continues his thought about love. First John 3:23. And this is And this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of Jesus and love one another. That's how simple Christianity is The number one and this is legit and this has been tested and it's been proven and missing out are growing this in this a lot I'm speaking for myself a lot But I'm telling you the number one effort that God brought this to me years ago the number one effort that I have to give in my walk with the Lord is maintaining my love walk that's my number one effort. It's challenged every day. Why wow, did I say that the way I said it? When I walk into the office, that's it, no. I know it's challenged every day. Oh, come on. Let's get real. It's challenged every day. I work some, with some amazing people. I, I say this all the time. I believe our staff here in church is one of the best staffs ever. And I've been on some, some amazing staff, but we have, an, we have one of the most amazing staff. But, but, but they, they, they ain't perfect. <laughs> I ain't perfect. We bring our stupid pill, we, we, we swallow some stupid pills some days. Our humanity shows some days. Right staff, back me up. I won't tell you who's back there really laughing. <laughs> They're one of yours, that's all I gotta say, no. <laughs> he gave us this commandment that goes on to say, look at this, First John 4, 7 through 11. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Everyone who loves is born of God, and he who does not love, mark this, this is gonna blow your mind. He who does not love does not know God. so that in my moment of stupidity, my moment in humanity, which is going to come out, and you can forgive me or not not walk in offense towards my humanity, you don't know God like you may think you know God. Same for me. If my interaction with my wife or anybody else and their humanity comes out, and I take offense to their humanity of which Jesus forgave and forgot, but I can't. I don't know God like I think and believe I know God. How do you see the seriousness of this? It's going to be tested. Somebody says to me one time, this was years ago, which. Put me on a journey to study this. In fact, I shared the story about her parents when we first got married, especially her mom. Her mom was on a quest to make sure we didn't get married. Did some amazing things. Now, it was later on restored. Her mom has gone home to be with the Lord. She's an amazing woman of God. And we became very close. In fact, her mom became like my mom because my mom died when I was 17. But over time, her mom changed and grew and came to us and apologized and said, I don't know what I was thinking. But her mom did some crazy stuff to keep us from getting married. And this is what the Lord spoke to me. Now, now, I'm a young believer and a young man. I'm 20 years old, getting married, love loved Missy, this is it. She's my wife, we're going to blah, blah. And her mom was trying to destroy all that. And this is what the Lord spoke to me. I'm going to the Lord, I'm complaining, I'm whining, I'm crying like, Lord, do you believe I mean, her mom got the, 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 the senior guy of the Bible school that she went to to drive down to Pittsburgh and show up at the house and got the senior pastor and all the elders of the church to come against me and stop this thing. And, oh, man, it was, as my daughter says, cray-cray. <laughs> and I'm going to the Lord. I'm hurt. I'm beat up. I'm bruised. I'm bleeding on the inside. You know what the Lord said to me? I want you to love her parents like I love them. Uh, uh, Wait a minute, Lord, wait a minute. Are you seeing everything I'm seeing? Do you understand? I'm bleeding out on the carpet here. And I said, you're going to go on a quest and you're going to learn about my love. You don't understand this now, but it's the key to your future. See, I didn't know being in ministry that that was going to be the most challenging thing and in life. Especially because of my own humanity and my own stupidity and my own foolishness. That was the changing force and moment in my life because I had to dig deep to love her parents to the point that they became very close. We became very close. And I shared that story before but not with that connotation. So I understand this quest. I understand that people will do crazy, foolish, human things, stupid things that are going to tempt to hurt us but I'm telling you right now from experience, there's a power inside of us, there's an ability inside of us called the love of God that all of that humanity that somebody does, all that stupidity that others will do, and sometimes it's not even their own stupidity and their own humanity, it's ours seeing it wrong, and I'm gonna show that here in in a moment, but there's an ability in us to quench all that and never stumble you again. How many would love the fact that you can never stumble again in somebody else's humanity? And somebody else's stupidity, you can never stumble again and never be hurt over it to where it shipwrecks you see i believe there's moments where somebody's humanity and stupidity comes out and it's like my boxing days they taught us when you're in the ring and you get clobbered i mean they just hook one on you and they teach you how to take that hit and still survive and not go wow man that really hurt how I many know not a good thing to do in the ring <laughs> but in your journey with the lord as you're walking you're interacting with people how I mean, know that's christianity And you and I are called, it's a mandate by the way, come to church, don't forsake the assembly of yourselves together, but many Christians uh, forsake the assembly, quit coming to church because they get offended because when my humanity, your humanity, our stupidity comes out and it hits them, how many know it don't feel good? And it hits them and then they go, man, that really hurt. That's it, I quit. That hurt too much. But there's a power and ability in us that when your humanity and your stupidity or my humanity and my stupidity comes out and it clobbers you or me, we have the, uh, the ability of God, the love of God in us, his nature, to absorb that. Oh, it may rock you for a moment. How many understand that? Let's get real. There's no such thing where you're walking through life <laughs> and Trisha's humanity comes out and, pff, and I'm like, I didn't feel a thing. You called me what? Oh, please, say it again. (laughs) That don't hurt me. No, boom! You're like, what was that? But this is what I've learned. Walk away, you feel the pain, start praying, Lord, I just thank you. Man, I I know Trish probably wasn't really meaning what she said and did, but Father, man, that hurt. But Father, I have your power, I have your love, I have your ability, I mean, I absorb that right now. Father, I just cover her in Jesus' precious name, and I thank you, Lord, that she's forgiven. As a matter of fact, I ain't even gonna come close to unforgiveness. Lord, I can imagine what I may have said in her shoes in that moment. I'm not kidding, this isn't a preacher's story. I'm telling you, this is what we have to live, amen? Let's go on. A, knowing God is always revealed through our interactions through others or with others. How many know knowing God, I talked about that, fill in that blank, that's letter A. First Corinthians 13, you get a chance, study. Study those verses in 1 Corinthians 13 and one of the key phrases is love, the love of God, believes the best. So using Trisha as the example in her humanity, I have to believe the best even though it clobbered me. I have to believe she really didn't mean it the way that it possibly came across. How many know this? Listen, even if she did mean it, It has nothing to do with me. Guess who it's gonna affect? Her and her relationship with the Lord. Thank you for the one clapping because it's the truth. (laughs) Look at this, letter B, fill this in because I want to get to the example. I have two pastors I'm gonna use as props tonight. (laughs) Yeah. A, or B, offense is the proof. Offense is the proof that we really don't know God like we think we do. Proverbs 19, the discretion of a man makes him slow to anger, and his glory, his glory is to overlook a transgression. Amen. Philippians 1, 9 through 11, in this I pray that your love may abound. Still more and more, you got to grow in this, I got to grow in this, this is why we're preaching it. More and more knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere without offense till the end. You can't finish strong with offense in your heart. devil knows it. Your flesh knows it. And they both will accommodate you. Look at this, being filled with the fruits of righteousness we are by Christ Jesus to the glory of faith. Now, here's the part I want to get to, 1 Peter 4, 8, and above all these things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Everybody say Cover. cover. A multitude of sins. I need Pastor Dave and Pastor Cody to come on up here. These are blankets that my dogs lay on and we haven't washed them. So yeah, they, they, wow, they smell like my dogs. So Pastor Dave, I need you right here. Pastor Cody, I need you right here. Now I'm using them as examples because we know Pastor Cody is perfect. That's why he's up here. We know Pastor Dave is not. That's why he's up here. This is true. So true. So. Perfect perfect. okay? So I'm using this blanket because it's, it's dark brown and it's kind of a, you know, I don't want to say it's ugly because it's one of my wife's blankets, but it is ugly, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's meant to be ugly. Everybody say meant to be ugly. So we have Pastor Cody, Pastor Dave, they interact every day pretty much throughout the week, right? So there's moments where Pastor Dave, because he's not perfect, his humanity will come out. He gonna put on, he gonna swallow some dumb pills and put on his dumb cap and be dumb, right? <laughs> so, we're gonna put this on Pastor Dave because sometimes his human nature, his humanity, ugliness, if you will, sin, will come out. Now, Pastor Cody has a responsibility because he is full of the love of God and he's perfect. He has a responsibility according to what first peter 4 8 that he's to what fervently walk in love and he's to cover go ahead cover oh and that's sweet look at them they were so close <laughs> their nose is almost touched and <laughs> this pretty blanket yes. that's the love of god yeah. so in pastor dave's moment of humanity Pastor Cody's called of God to take the love of God that he's growing in because he knows God. And how he knows God is God forgave him. God forgot and forgave and covered all his stupid stuff. So he's walking in a covering. So when Pastor Dave gets stupid, Cody's called imitate God. What would God do when Pastor Dave's dumb? Cover him. So he's covered him. And guess what Pastor Cody don't see? He don't see this. But here's what we do, when we think we know God, but we really haven't grown in this area of God, and that's love, How I mean that's the most important part. This is what Pastor Cody, not knowing God like he thinks he does, will do. So what Pastor Cody's gonna do is, he's gonna make sure that Pastor Dave's not covered, and every time he sees Pastor Dave, what's he gonna see? Oh, that thing he said and did to me. And as it festers and stews on the inside, Pastor Cody's gonna take it off, and he's gonna hold on to that baby. And now he's offended. And watch, here's where it's gonna get sticky, y'all better be ready. Now what's gonna happen is, because in Pastor David's humanity, When Pastor Cody takes on Pastor David's moment of stupidity and humanity and does it cover in love, all of a a sudden, Pastor David's humanity that Pastor Cody's taken on, I'm trying to hurry up, it now feeds his humanity. So what he's going to do is, uh, Miss Judy, will you come here, please? She didn't know I was going to do this. I was just thinking about it. I'm sorry, I did not prepare you. (laughs) Forgivest thou me and my stupidity. But anyways. (laughs) So now what he's going to do Hold on to that tight. He hold on tight to Pastor David's stupidity moment that hurt Pastor Cody and now is feeding Pastor Cody's humanity. And now he's going to come over to Miss Judy and just kind of grab on to that. He's going to to help Miss Judy understand and know and start grabbing on to Pastor David's moment of humanity. Now, Miss Judy has a choice. She can say, Pastor Cody, I love you. And I understand, Pastor Dave, hurts you. And it appears as though, I'm not sure, but it appears as though maybe it's offense, but I want to encourage you. Now what she's going to do is she's going to be very bold with Pastor Cody and she's going to let go of that and she's going to cover him too. And she's going to encourage him. Now I'm going to pray for you, but I need you to go and talk to Pastor Dave about this. Let him know he did it and what he did and then once you do that you going to cover pastor david but here's what happens but miss judy who this would happen but she's like many christians will not only hold on but she may even take a portion I would cut this but I'm not she, I would cut this she would take a portion of this blanket hold on and now she's gonna walk away and she wasn't even involved in this situation She gonna thank you you can sit down she's gonna walk away thanks guys she's gonna walk away with that moment of humanity from Pastor Dave wasn't even there wasn't even there but because Pastor Cody really poured it on How many understand? We all have done it, and they're good friends. You're gonna believe your friend, oh, surely Pastor David had to do that, Cody. Do you see how this thing spreads? So where it starts and stops is number one in your relationship with the Lord. Folks, can can I be honest? One of the first levels you need to do in your growth and no longer being offended and often taking root in your heart is go to that person who did what they did and let them know, because most of the time we as people, I'm speaking for you as well, we have no clue. That's right. And sometimes, folks, listen to me, sometimes when Pastor Dave, who I use as an example, would do something, sometimes it was Pastor Cody's humanity that saw it wrong. In other words, in the eyes of God, Pastor David really didn't do anything, but Pastor Cody took it wrong. Because how many know your humanity can skew what somebody does? Can I give you an example? This is a, a legit example. A church I was on staff at, not here, but somewhere else, Somebody waved to me as they drove by in their car in the parking lot. I didn't wave back. And they were extremely upset and offended over that. They made an appointment, marched in. I mean, mean, for weeks, this thing rocked their world. But you know what it was? Their windows were so tinted, I never saw them wave. No, that's the honest to God truth. But it rocked their world. Others were coming to me. I can't believe you went and just wave to somebody that's a member of our church. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? How this thing now, now? That sounds pretty asinine, and that's kind of a silly. But that's the extreme of this. Yes. The windows were tinted, so now I tell folks, beep, <laughs> so we can wave. If you want to finish strong, you're gonna to have to grow in this. To the point where you, now this is the truth. You can grow in this to the point where you won't even have to go to that other person and share with them what they did wrong, because it won't be a wrong thing to you. You could just walk away and go, wow, okay. They had a moment of humanity. Right. That's good. Or, Lord, I wonder if it's maybe the way I'm seeing it because this is my final thought this is is what i totally convinced of in studying this a lot of times we're offended and offense itself is fueled we know it's anti-love but it's fueled by arrogance a lot of times we're offended over what Pastor, Pastor Cody may get offended over what Pastor Dave did because Pastor Cody thinks I would have never done that I can't believe he said that to me the way he said it because I would never do that. You know what, you may not because in that one particular area, you may have really grown. But there are areas you are human still. Always bring that to the table when another is found dumb and human unto you